Thank you for tuning into the Dan Roman podcast, where taking control of your money is no longer a wish, but a reality. I am your money and financial coach, Dan Roman, and your time, your attention, I'm extremely grateful. And one way to show my gratitude is to continue to put out important information for the financial community so that we can grow, learn, and live without money stress. Here at the Dan Roman Podcast, we're going to be talking about budgeting, investing, retirement, real estate, all things related to personal finance. So yes, yet another podcast episode related to the home buying process. I mean, I've said all along that the process within itself, it's its nuanced, it's complicated. There's so many variables that have to really fall into place in order for home ownership to be accomplished in order for you to get the home that you want. And um, today's, I really just want to focus on first-time home buyers that are interested in buying a home, that are in the process of buying a home, or even if you've been in your home for a couple of years, it's, it's, there's some things that we should be aware of as we are in the world of home ownership or pursuing the home of home, pursuing the world of home ownership. So first and foremost, I can say that Within the first couple of weeks of being in our home, we just bought it in March of, of 2021. Keep a lookout on your mail because you're going to get a bunch of junk mail of companies that have your information because you're a homeowner and they're going to want money from you. You know, new gutters, new siding, new driveway, cut your grass, get a discount. But there's two in particular that I really want you to avoid. The first one is... Um, Mortgage life insurance. Now, mortgage life insurance is an insurance product that is usually pushed by mortgage lenders. And if they're not the one pushing it, they're the ones that's giving your information to the insurance company so they can send you mail and call you and make their presence felt in your home. But the idea is, let's say someone, let's say a couple buys a house and one person in that couple were to die. And the mortgage will be paid by the insurance company to the mortgage lender. So the home will be paid off. Sounds like a great idea, right? The reason why I don't like this product is because what if the home eventually becomes paid off? Then you're essentially paying insurance premiums for no reason. Also, there's no way for the mortgage life insurance company to know that your home is paid off because more times than not, there won't be any communication and you're going to be on autopilot. You're going to be paying these things, these premiums for a specific amount of time automatically and you probably won't even remember to turn the premiums off. Another thing to consider is what if the insurance policy, let's say, is for $500,000 but I only owe $50,000 on my house? My family doesn't get a penny from that insurance. The bank gets what I owe, what, what's remaining on my balance, which is 50000 And the insurance policy doesn't pay my family anything. So my suggestion would be say no to mortgage life insurance because it's often overpriced and it doesn't really benefit you as well as, well, it doesn't benefit you like term life insurance would. If you bought a home and you get a term life insurance policy for 20 to 30 years, it is much cheaper than the mortgage insurance stuff that the, they're pitching you. And when you die, if you were to die within that 20 to 30 year span, your family's taken care of. So what they can do in exchange is if they want to stay in the home, 
they get the insurance uh, settlement for the loss of, of life. Your family can decide to sell the home or keep the home. They keep the home, they pay the mortgage off of the life insurance proceeds and keep the rest. So I have, a, I have $1 million worth of life insurance. If something would happen to me, to me, my wife gets a check for $1 million. At that point, she can decide to pay off the home or sell it. And we have plans in place within our wills and our documents that's going to guide her in one direction or the other. I legit have folders saying, if I die and you want to sell the home, do this. If I die and you want to keep the home, do this. Because she should not have to think in her time of grief. All she has to do is call our attorney. My will is in place. My wishes are in place. The attorney will consult with Penelope on what it is that I have written down. And Penelope can make a better informed decision that way. Penelope, by the way, is my wife. But I much prefer you get a term life insurance policy than mortgage life insurance. Now, I want to highlight term life insurance, not whole life insurance. If you want to know the difference, I recorded a podcast episode a few months back, the difference between between term and whole life insurance. I would definitely go check that out. But ultimately, we just need to cover a certain period of time so that we become self-insured, meaning our house is paid off, we have no debt, and we have enough money in cash and investments so that we know we don't need insurance. That is the goal for everyone. But pertaining to this particular subject, mortgage life insurance, say no, toss it in the trash, shred it, cut it up, burn it, whatever you want to do, but do not buy into that policy. The second one the second type of insurance that you're going to get a lot of notices for is a home warranty. Now, in general, I'm allergic to warranties because there's no blanket warranty that covers everything. There seems to be stipulations that you have to meet to qualify, even though you bought the warranty and you still have to pay a deductible when you put in a claim on the warranty. That's annoying. Also, you got to consider the fact that more times than not, you're paying anywhere from $500 to $600 per year for the warranty, and you will not file the claim on the warranty itself. There are plenty of studies that suggest that most homeowners forget to even like, tap into their home warranty because it's something needs to be repaired that's urgent or something needs to be fixed that's really important. On top of that, you have to worry about the warranty company coming out to inspect the problem, fill out a whole bunch of paperwork. Meanwhile, you're, just, you're sitting there like, can we just get this done already? And unfortunately, it doesn't really work that way. So I would say a home warranty is, it isn't a lot of money in the grand scheme of things, 500 to $600 a year. There are some that are more, there are some that are less. But math will tell you that the reason why they're offering a warranty on certain things in your home is because they know the useful life of that thing. So they know how long furnaces will last. They know how long a water heater will last. They know how long an AC unit would last. So they'll offer a warranty based on math probabilities. That's what warranties are. It's a, it's a statistical calculation of how likely is this widget or this thing going to crash or break so we have to fix it. And your premiums are, are based according to that. So more times than not, warranties are a waste of money. They don't always 
work or fit the mold and the hassle to even access it is annoying. Changing gears here, taxes. Um, if you don't know, a home purchase will impact your taxes, so be sure you, that you consult with and speak with a qualified tax pro who can assist you when it comes time to buy the home and even when it comes time to file your taxes after you have moved in and and, um, and purchased your home. I'm going to keep that statement simple simply because um, I don't provide blanket tax advice, but definitely consult with a tax pro. When it comes to insurance, um, it's important that you make sure you have adequate insurance on the home so that if there's damage, you're fine. So if you're just moving into the property, it's different compared to if you've been living in the property for a while. But there's a couple things that overlap here for new homeowners and people that have been in their home for a while. And that's your home insurance has something called cost of replacement. And cost of replacement pretty much means that if the home were to burn down, the insurance will rebuild it. They'll replace it, right? You want to, so for those of you that have home, owned a home for a while, you want to make sure that you get the increases in value on a regular basis. So maybe every every two years or so, maybe even once a year, if you're super organized about it, is um, take a look at the home at the value of your home. This might be done through an appraisal. This might be done by contacting your real estate agent at no charge, and they'll look at comps in the area, and you can up your homeowner's insurance coverage. But the idea is that you want your homeowner's insurance coverage to reflect the value of your home at all times. So we just bought our home March of 2021. In 10 years, our home's going to be much, it's going to be worth more than when we bought it for. So in 10 years, I want to make sure that we have the right amount of coverage to cover the value of our home. So this is called cost of replacement. So typically, you'll purchase 100% cost of replacement. So let's say a home is worth $300,000. You're going to pay premiums for cost of replacement of $300,000. Now, if they give you the option of buying additional cost of replacement, I suggest you do that. So let's assume that that same home is $300,000. Well, half of $300,000 is $150,000. So you can actually pay premiums for 50% extra cost of replacement. So you get the $300,000 from the primary um, benefit, and then you get an extra $150,000 because you're paying a premium for the additional 50% replacement. And this is important because in the event that the cost of materials goes up, like what's been happening with COVID, where wood has gone up, plywood is ridiculous, you know, copper pipes, you name it, a lot of the home materials have gone up in pricing. The, the extra cost of replacement will cover that. And also for the increases in value, you want to make sure that you have enough within your insurance policy to cover what needs to be replaced. Now, throughout this whole process, I've spent a lot of time talking about the home buying process and things to look out for, but I didn't really stick to my bread and butter, which is budgeting. So I really want to introduce <clears throat> for my first time home buyers or for those who are looking to buy a home for the first time how to budget or really what you should be saving to buy your home. So throughout this whole mini series I've been using the $300,000 price mark for a home. So let's assume that's the same. Now the down payment should be anywhere from 10 to 20%. So let's assume thirty to sixty thousand dollars there. 
Closing costs average between 3 and 4%. So let's allocate nine dollars to $12,000 there. Moving expenses, roughly about 1%. So let's assume three dollars to $4,000 to move from where you are living now into your new home. So if we were to add that up, right, the down payment, the closing costs, and the moving expenses, the ranges of what you should expect to spend, you should be saving somewhere between forty-two dollars to $76,000. Now that's going to cover your down payment of 10 to 20%, your closing costs of 3 to 4%, moving expenses for 3 I'm sorry, for one, about 1%, and that's going to be your total. Now, granted, these are just rough estimates based on data, based on averages. Moving expenses could be a lot less. Your down payment could be a lot less. The home price could be a lot less, which would drive the total cost of moving in of what you should be saving down. But I want to use that example to illustrate my point that you need more than just a down payment for your home. Your down payment should only be that for the down payment. If you take money away from the down payment to cover your closing costs or other things, then you pretty much start chipping away at your equity in the home, which is a bad thing. And then you entry, you increase your, your interest rate, which is also a bad thing. As a reminder, please be sure to keep your mortgage at a 15-year fixed rate conventional mortgage if you can get that. Um, Because that's going to, A, stabilize your mortgage payment. You're going to get a better rate. And a 15-year, I like that simply because we pay our home off faster and we can start building wealth much faster. Because that is the goal, right? To build wealth. And we do this by eliminating probably the biggest expense we have month to month, which is housing. And a paid-off home is like getting on the fast lane, on the highway of achieving wealth status. So that's more or less to cover what you should be budgeting for and how to budget. The pricing of your home, the down payment, the closing costs, the moving expenses, and that's going to be a total range, um, somewhere between forty-two dollars to $76,000. In my example, the home being $300,000. Keep in mind that the monthly payment is not just the principal and the interest. It's also property taxes and homeowner's insurance. All of that is looped into your monthly payment. As I mentioned um, in a previous podcast, how much house I can afford, if you put less than 20% down, you're going to have what's called PMI, private mortgage insurance. That's an additional payment every month. That's an insurance for the bank that you pay. If you get foreclosed on, then the bank gets all of their money and you don't get anything. HOA fees, also in the same podcast, How Much House I Can Afford, I spoke about HOA fees, which is homeowners association fees. This can be an additional, you know, roughly $250 a month. From what I hear, HOAs are super annoying. (laughs) It's not just condos that are a part of HOAs. There are homes, depending on where you live, that are a part of HOAs. So be sure to factor in the fact that if you're moving into an HOA, a homeowners association area, You're going to have to pay them something. My favorite thing to talk about lately is repairs and maintenance because I've been doing a lot of projects around the home. Nothing major, just things that I know I can fix on my own. Um, Thankfully, we have resources like Google, like uh, YouTube that we can watch videos and really learn how to fix something. My favorite resource of all is neighbors. Neighbors know the area. They've been there for a while. If you see a neighbor always outside like my neighbor is, it's great to ask him or her questions because they can give you insight. They're willing to help. They may have tools that you don't have because over time as a homeowner, you realize 
what you're missing and what you need in order to maintain your property. So no home is perfect. I've said this before and I'll say it again, but it's yours. And you're going to make it more yours with time. So just be patient. If you move into a home, be patient. Let's address the important things first, assuming we're using cash, assuming we're budgeting for these expenses. Unless you're buying a fixer-upper for a reason to flip or to really increase its value, then that's a separate, a separate issue. But if your home is livable and move-in ready, everything doesn't have to get done right away. Take your time. Prioritize. Make a list you know, from 1 to 30 of all the things you want to do. From big things, small things. I got to tighten this screw. I got to replace that door. Got to change the locks. I got to put up shades. Whatever it is you want to do, do it from the most important on downward. And sometimes the most important isn't even something that is the most expensive. Like door locks are super important. Toilet seats, super important. Privacy, if your home that you're moving into does not have shades built in already, you're going to want some privacy. So those are some of the like, important things that you could do in less than a weekend to address some major concerns in your home. So be patient. Make a list. Budget for these items. Pay cash. And little by little, you're going to make your house yours. An average maintenance costs per year for your home could be about $1,100 or more. So make sure it's in your budget. $100 a month for home maintenance. If you don't use $100 this month, it means you have $200 next month. And roll it over. Because there might be some months where you're going to need to tap into that budget line item for home maintenance and repairs. Because not all months are equal. Not all months are the same. So keep in mind that maintenance is ongoing. Maintenance is not free, and if you budget for this, you'll be in good shape. Why are we not taking personal finances personal? Okay, episode is over. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on wherever it is you listen to the Dan Roman Podcast. That would mean so much to me. As a reminder, this podcast is no way a distribution of tax, legal, or investment advice. The Dan Roman Podcast is for general education purposes only. Any and all information I provide is strictly for that reason. I have and will continue to provide an educated opinion. Also, I have not evaluated your financial snapshot, portfolio, or risk assessment.